out there, how's it going? Welcome to Screen Speak. It is the podcast that is all about movies, life, and so much more. So much more. So much more. I'm Jordan Anderson. Uh, Jordan Anderson, S-O-N at the end. Uh, Jordan V. Anderson, as some call me, because my middle name is Victor. Not sure if I've mentioned that on the podcast before, but now you know. Shout out to my grandfather. Uh, His name was Victor. I always thought it was a cool name. It's one of the parts of my name that I actually enjoy the most. So yeah, now you know a little bit more about the host, the producer, the architect, the person that runs this entire shindig here that's known as ScreenSpeak. That's me. So all that being said, I do thank you all for coming by and giving it a listen. If it's your first time here, happy to have you here. Seriously, I am. I'm happy to have you here. Go ahead and hit the follow button and or download episodes, whether it is your first time here or you've been here for a while and just haven't gotten around to hitting that follow button, which takes all of about two seconds to do. One, two, boop, you hit it. That simple. So go ahead and please, please do that so that we can continue the growth of ScreenSpeak and get this podcast into the ears of every American, every citizen of the frickin' world for all I care Please, that is what we want, it's what we need, it's what I need to continue to keep Screen Speak alive. Not sure why I felt the need to do that alive thing, but whatever. I'm just I'm just rolling with it. I'm just going to see where this episode takes us and we'll go from there. This thing does have social media, so if that's your thing, you're into that, go ahead and look up Screen Speak on Instagram. There is a Facebook community group for this, but I feel soon it will likely all just be living on Instagram before too long because it's honestly just simpler for me to maintain, uh, and there's just more things I feel like I can do with it than what I can do with the old Facebook community. But ScreenSpeak is still there for the moment, so if you choose to, go ahead and take a look at that and follow both those being Instagram and Facebook, and we'll just go from there. Also, because I, I don't think I always mention this as, as much as I should, but comment. Comment on the episodes on whatever podcast service that it is you're listening to it on. Uh, I know on Spotify right now there is a feature to put in polls, so I'm trying to put in polls and, and questions more into the episodes so that I can engage with you, my listeners. So please, please go ahead and do that. promise I will respond to you. I think I've mentioned uh, this to you all before. I don't have some assistant that is sitting around and responding to all my inquiries and everything like that. For the moment, I'm doing it all myself. So you want to talk to me, you want to say something about movies or just give me some feedback on the podcast, all that is fine. Go ahead and do that. You can do it on the podcast services, as I mentioned. You can do it on Instagram. You can do it on Facebook. Hell, you can send me an email for all I care, and I'll go ahead and respond to it. So definitely, definitely do that, please. I want to engage with you. I want us all to engage and talk about this thing that we love called movies. So let's go ahead and make that happen. Um, I'm going to slow down for a second here and just kind of give you all some, some updates. It's been a while, I think, since I've done that. Also been a little minute since I've had an episode posted. I believe the last one that I had uploaded was on, I have a calendar in front of me, June 19th. So, I mean, just about just about two weeks, uh, which I, I, I feel bad that I kind of slipped into uh, a bit of a delayed episode, if you will. But truth be told, everybody, I'm not Superman. I uh, don't got that chiseled jawline. Um, don't think I have a shot at James Gunn movie. Last I heard, David Cornsweet has, uh, along with Rachel Bro- Brosnan. Is that how you say her name? The girl from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. 
Um, they got cast, but what, whatever. I'm not talking about that. The point is, is that I'm not Superman, okay? I'm not. There's just been a lot of things going on in life, and truth be told, I kind of just need to pump the brakes a little bit uh, mentally myself. You know, I'm not I'm not shy about admitting you know mental health stuff to you guys periodically. I'm a human. This uh, these things happen. Uh, screen speak is not my day job. It is not what I do full time. Uh, though maybe one day that could happen. Uh, you know, knock on wood, right? Or actually, no. Do, wait, we knock on wood when we don't want something to happen, right? How do I, what is the opposite of that? How do I just say, like, I really want this to happen? I don't know. I, I guess just by saying it. I would like to do screen speak full time. So, boom, there we go. I said it. Um, But, yeah, there's just been a lot of things going on in life. And I just want to kind of just pump the brakes for a second before getting into stuff and just share some of that with you. So, I'm going to do that right now. And then I promise uh, we'll get into the episode. Or just fast forward through this part of me talking about stuff uh, going on with me. And then you can enjoy the episode to your heart's content. And and that's fine. More power to you. So anyway, so here's what's been going on with myself lately. A lot of things. My day job, uh, it's been keeping me quite busy. I bounce around between a fair number of projects and and miscellaneous work. and, And sometimes, you know, it just it wears on your mind because there's a lot of attention to detail, I think, that goes into what I do during the day. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, you put a lot of yourself into that and, you know, between that and, and family and friends, of course, being married, you know, you want to make sure that you are uh, present for, for your, your spouse and, and, you know, tending to them and caring for them. So a lot of that takes energy, right? And and not like physical energy necessarily, but the mental energy. So the point is that the tank was getting a little near, I don't want to say near empty, but it was definitely running on fumes a little bit. And so I just, I had to slow down. I had to slow down just a little bit, but I'm back. So don't worry. Don't expect that we're going to have another little lapse like we just did here. So uh, rest assured, it shouldn't be the case right now. I actually have a lot of things coming out for the podcast soon, but I'll, I'll get to that here in a little bit. So this is what's been going on. Um, day job, I mentioned it's keeping me busy. Uh, the missus and I were in the process of actually getting a new car. My goodness, a new car. Um, the market's quite terrible out there right now for new cars, to, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't claim to be an expert on new cars or even cars, for that matter. I get into them, and they take me from point A to point B, and I don't want them to break, uh, causing a lot of stressful mechanical expenses, right? That's what we don't want. So... <clears throat> The car that I have been driving since 2015, it's, you know, it's it's not bad, but it's just, you know, it's at that point where I've had it for, you know, practically like a decade and we're just ready for something else, ready for something a little more reliable, something a little newer, flashier, et cetera, et cetera. So new car is on the horizon. Uh, we put the earnest money down, as they say, on this on this thing. I don't have a name for it yet, uh, but it's a new one. I've never, never got never gotten, never boughten, boughten, is that a word? Probably just making shit up, but I've never, never purchased a new vehicle before, so this will be a first time for that, and we'll, we'll see how it goes, but <clears throat> in the meantime, it's going to take months before this thing shows up, so in the meantime, I just got to roll with the vehicle I have, but that was a process in and of itself, just, just finding the right one, and I don't know about you all out there, but it's like when I when I try to set my mind to finding something like this, it's like 
you know, you want it to be, I don't want to say perfect, but you know, you want it to check off a lot of boxes, right? You want it to fit within the budget. You want it to have a lot of the features you want, the look that it wants, has a lot of different things. And just the process of that, it can be exhausting. Like you, you look at 20 different dealerships, you're trying to do research online, you're watching videos. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all guesswork. Um, you're just kind of pulling the trigger and try to do your due diligence, but you don't have all the time in the world to uh, become an expert on on this type of thing. You just have to make an educated decision and, and try to do what's best. So spent some time doing that, and, and that's that. Uh, my little brother, he purchased a new house, so we had to move him. Um, you know, that was just granted like a thing that took place over a day. It's not like that took weeks of my life. Um, but still had to help him with that. And I don't mind doing that to me. Like that's just family one one is if somebody moves and you live in the local vicinity, you are uh, obligated to be a mover. That, that That's just how it goes. And I'm happy to do it. But that was something else that was happening, um, you know, in my life. Uh, outside of that too, you know, just talking about the podcast, I mentioned that I am working on stuff. I haven't just been twiddling my thumbs these last couple weeks. I've been working on stuff, <clears throat> uh, prepping this episode, prepping future episodes, uh, still working out schedules with a few upcoming guests. Um, I'm eyeballing a couple of festivals. Uh, one for sure. It sounds like I will be attending, uh, my podcast will be attending here in the fall, um, I still have plenty of time for that one to get all prepped and ready and whatnot, but still, um, that's something else that's on the horizon. Uh, I've also been trying to do a lot of research, frankly, on just making upgrades uh, and just kind of advancing the podcast. I know at one point I talked about a website that I was working on, uh, which that was true. I, I really was doing that, um, but I've kind of pumped the brakes on that because I just don't think right now is the right time to to have that. I want the, the the focus right now to be more on the content itself, uh, interesting guests, uh, interesting different types of content, uh, and eventual sponsorships is something else that I've been trying to work on as well. A as well, I also didn't forget uh, about the merch. So trying to still uh, plug ahead with that. I feel bad with how many times I've said that I'm working on merch and you're like, well, where is the merch? Where is the merch? Uh, it's coming. It's coming. It's just all this stuff takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. Um, you know, the social media side of it as well. I'm trying to just further advance the podcast on that. Also, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but I'll, I guess I'll mention it right now as something else that I'm in the very early process of trying to figure out what the best way to handle this is. And that's video for the podcast. Um, Admittedly, I started ScreenSpeak with the notion of audio actually being easier and, and less work per se because I can just kind of talk. There's less editing, um, you know, a bit more raw and organic content to give you all the audience, and I don't have to worry about all the, the hassle, if you will, of video. But as you all know, I'm sure ScreenSpeak isn't the only podcast that you listen to. There's a lot. Of content out there and a lot of podcasts that do have video as well as audio episodes as well. So I would like to join that train. I'm not shy about being on camera. I think I've talked about this before for those that have been here. I started doing stuff on YouTube and would have liked to have kept that going, but life 
did life on me. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I couldn't really find a way to make it work at the time, uh, consistency wise to make that work. So podcast is where I've shifted to, but seems like video should come back into play. And then you all could see my face while I'm talking. So that could be something interesting. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. But I'll tell you too, just between all of that and, you know, it's summertime right now, you have people that want to hang out and do stuff outside and, and, and I certainly want to do things outside as well. It's, it's been, it's been taking up a lot of my time. So I realize, you know, you all probably listening to that. You're just like, okay, so what I heard was uh, excuse on not giving me something basically every day, excuse, excuse, excuse. Oh, and excuse. I realize, I realize it probably sounds like that probably is. And I accept that. I accept that judgment if you want to push it my way on that. I do. I get it. It's probably war- uh, probably warranted considering there's plenty of other content creators out there that balance it all. They balance it all and they didn't need to slow down like you, but I did. So whatever, whatever. Uh, we're here now. And like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm happy where things are at with the podcast. I, I'm excited to see where things continue to go. Um, and I thank you all for the patience while I took this little bit of a break and I promise going forward, we're going to keep the consistency train a rolling and keep screen speak content coming at you. So appreciate you all for bearing with me during that. Uh, and, and just, uh, checking out the, con- uh, the content that I do have. I mean, this is episode 86, but I mean, I got 85 episodes of somewhat gold. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's an episode or two here and there that, you know, you would consider to be a favorite. But during these times where I, I, I am having a slowdown or something, which again, I don't think is often, go back through the library. Seriously, I guarantee, I mean, even the most hardcore person probably can't tell me that they have listened to every single episode of ScreenSpeak. But I got some, I got some good ones in there. And I got some ones that are really fun. And, and it's fun to go back and revisit older podcast episodes. So, if you ever feel like doing that, go back through the ScreenSpeak library and check out those older episodes while you're waiting on the new content. I mean, I literally have hours upon hours of content for you all. So definitely check that out. Uh, seriously appreciate it. And the last thing I'll say, and then we're going to, I swear to God, move into the episode is just, again, hit that follow button. Uh, follow Instagram, do all the things, do all the stuff to support the podcast because ultimately that's what keeps the train moving. It's what keeps ScreenSpeak relevant to you all. So please go ahead and continue to do that. Continue to push that support onto this podcast. It really does mean the world to me. Okay. I think that's enough for the life update stuff. Let's go ahead and get into this. So kind of crazy to to admit this right now but I was I was looking back on the library of Screenspeak and I realized it has been truly since episode 75 that I have done what you know originally was the purpose of Screenspeak which is just taking an individual movie and expounding on it and giving my own thoughts um, not critiques necessarily, but my own insights and reflections onto the material of the movie and why it speaks to me and hopefully yourself. So I'm back to doing that right now in this episode, and I really think this one is uh, poignant. Is that the right word for this, to describe how I feel about talking about this movie? Um, Well, we'll see. All right, so 
Getting back to the, the OG, the original ways of screen speak, we're going to go ahead and talk about the movie Awakenings right now. Here we go. You will be working with patients, people, doctor. When you say people, you mean living people? You do want the job, don't you? Hi. I'm Dr. Thayer. I'm Wahida. Wahida. I'd like to ask. I was born in 1911 in Kingsbridge, New York. Prior to July 1955, I resided the Brooklyn Psychiatric Center, Brooklyn, New York. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> Prior to that, I was a person. <sighs> it gets easier. You don't think it will, but it does. Can you hear me? Does he ever speak to you? Of course not. Not in words. No change in data 9-11-44. Your patients, doctor, haven't moved in decades. What I believe, what I know, is these people are alive inside. Well, how do you know that, doctor? I know it. I just wanted to say to you, I preferred your explanation. At 200 milligrams, he showed no response. Maybe he needs more. Maybe he needs less. I don't think that I could deal with losing 30 years of my life, could you? Have you thought what you'd like to do today? Everything. Leonard, where are you going? I would do all the things that you people take for granted was a movie that I recently watched uh, with my wife, actually, um, probably like a couple weeks ago, and it's just been rattling around uh, upstairs. So that's one of the indicators that I knew that this was a movie I should talk about on the podcast because it's been sticking with me for uh, as long as it has, has stuck with me, which is, again, the last few weeks. Now, to be clear, I've owned this movie, and it's been sitting there on the shelf for a while, and I had only ever watched it once before uh, rewatching it right now, and I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, "Wow, like this is this is a good movie." Robert De Niro is certainly acting in a way I have not seen him do in really any other movie since this one, um, and Robin Williams is, is kind of against type on this as far as how his character is portrayed in the movie, and I thought at that time it was a pretty good movie not one that i would want to rewatch a lot but it's pretty good and let's just go ahead and move on you know fast forward a few years later the movie's still been sitting there and my wife i try to find movies for her to watch that are true to life stories and things that i think she'll be interested in and considering that my wife has a phd and she works uh, in a medical setting if you will not in this direct setting but she she works in a medical field i thought you know what this would be a good movie to revisit with her. I actually think she would really be moved by this story and, and she would think it's very interesting. Uh, and then for myself, it had just been a while since I watched it. So I was like, let's just, let's just go back, give this, uh, give this another shot and let me see how it sticks. And I really think everyone that this second time watching Awakenings was way better than the first time I watched it. Could be just because my wife was with me when we were watching it, but I also just think I was paying attention to it a little bit more. Um, maybe I just knew in the back of my head I was going to talk about it on the podcast, so I don't know. But any in any case, <clears throat> let me tell you a little bit about this movie. So Awakenings was originally released in December 20 
1990. So that's when it came out. That makes the movie like 35 plus years old. I'm not going to pull up the calculator in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that that's correct. Uh, it stars Robin Williams and Robert De Niro and is directed by the late Penny Marshall. Um, she sadly passed away in 2018. I can't remember how. Uh, but for anyone that knows Penny Marshall, probably her biggest claims to fame were the Tom Hanks movie Big. And she also did the Tom Hanks, uh, not like starring vehicle, uh, but supporting role in A League of Their Own. So Big and A League of Their Own were Penny Marshall's probably biggest claims to fame. But I mean, both those are great movies. But <clears throat> if I'm being honest, like not that I have to pit these three movies against each other, but I think Awakenings of these three, it it's the, to me the most resonant. I, I think it has the most heart amongst the three of them. And maybe that's just because um, this one is so true to life, I think. And it doesn't really shy away from some of the harsh medical realities that this movie is depicting. Uh, and again, I just, I, I really fell in love with this movie upon second rewatch. So I don't know. I, I think this was her best movie. Uh, hard to, hard to, you know, hard to define that this is all subjective, but that's what I think. So <clears throat> again, Awakenings, it's got Robin Williams, De Niro directed by Penny Marshall. Uh, the writer of the movie is Steve Zalian. I think that's how I'm saying his name, right? And it's interesting because anybody that knows movies today knows who Steve Zalian is. Uh, I mean, this is the guy that wrote Moneyball. Uh, he wrote The Irishman. He's worked with Scorsese on Gangs of New York. He wrote American Gangster, Schindler's List. Um, real heavy hitter for a writer. But at the time, I would say he was a relative unknown or at the very least didn't have the clout that he has today. Um, but he, he has a, a terrific screenplay in this movie and... That was something else I noticed, I think, when watching this movie and, and paying attention to the writing specifically, is that I think this movie, you know, I said it came out in 1990, but it really does hold hold up. I think it holds up quite well, actually. Um, certain elements of the movie, you could say, feel a bit dated, but not not that much. I mean, that that's that's a compliment to, to any movie that that can hold its own weight over time is is just that. Does it stand the test of time? And I really think Awakenings does do that. So, um, yeah, prop, props to the writers, to the cast, to the direction. Uh, all of that makes the movie hold up. Now, Awakenings is based on a book. As I said, this is a true-to-life movie. It's a non-fiction story. Um, it's all about the uh, case studies of Dr. Oliver Sacks. Okay. Now, Oliver Sacks, in, in real life, he is a British neurologist, whereas in the movie, Robin Williams is not being British. He is just being American, and he goes by a, a, sur, a surname of uh, Malcolm Sayer, I believe is his name in the movie. Um, but the real-life guy, he is British, he's a neurologist, and he is a writer. Uh, he wrote the book for um, this that inspired the movie, and he's also, of course, documented other studies that he's done. As well as I think have, have he he wrote things just about the medical field and, and told other stories in that world um, outside of just his immediate realm of study. At least I think. <clears throat> now, uh, something else to, to clarify as well is what is uh, neurology or what what is a neurologist? Because because sometimes I just again I, I hear these terms thrown around and there's this assumption that I should just know what that is, but not everybody does, right? Who 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 sees a neurologist every day? I don't know. So I'll tell you what it is. 
Uh, neurologist is somebody that does diagnosis and or treatment of disorders that relate to the nervous system. And in the case of awakenings, in the case of Dr. Oliver Sacks, he was uh, studying people that were suffering from catatonia, which is being catatonic. Uh, he sadly passed away in 2015, but from the research I was doing on this episode, I see that he actually does have a foundation that is still going to this day. There was actually a documentary, it looks like, that got made, I, I want to say maybe in 2018, that focused all on his life, and, and I haven't seen it yet, but I now have it on my list of things to watch because after just watching Awakenings, I should probably just check out the book as well and just check out this guy's life's work. Um, he's a very fascinating person, and I really think he he furthered this this field of neurology and, and really kind of focused... Uh, he put a lot of focus and care, I think, on patients as individuals. I mean, he certainly studied them, uh, but he really cared, it seemed, about the person. And, and that was very that was very attractive, I guess, to see when you're seeing any movie or story told about someone in the medical field where you're not just a number, uh, you're actually a person. And uh, just seemed like a really cool guy, um, somebody that would have probably been really fascinating to sit and have a talk with about this. I'm probably pretty sure if he was around today, he probably would have been somebody that would have been great to have on a podcast. And for all I know, maybe he did a podcast before he passed away. I, I, I don't know. I'll have to do some research on that. But very fascinating character. And one more thing I'll say on, on Oliver Sacks is his foundation, uh, the trailer for that documentary I'm mentioning. I'll put all of that in the description of this episode. So if anybody's curious... And after listening to me ramble about Awakenings for a while, they want to go ahead and learn more about this guy. Check out the description. I'll have it all there. So that's that. So let's shift gears and move along into the story. So here it is. The story of Awakenings is the story of a doctor's extraordinary work in the 60s with a group of catatonic patients that he finds languishing in a Bronx hospital. I want to say the movie takes place in around 1968 or 1969 to be exact. Uh, speculating that their rigidity, rigid, rid, rigidity, I'm hard hard to say that word, but he he speculates that <clears throat> their catatonia may be akin to an extreme form of Parkinson's, essentially, and he seeks permission from some skeptical, uh, <laughs> and he seeks permission from his skeptical supervisors to treat them with a experimental drug called L-dopa, which, from what I understand now, is actually something that's still used today. But it's originally designed to treat Parkinson's, but in the movie, he's wanting to use it to treat their catatonia to see if it would help them because some of the symptoms really correlate directly to Parkinson's or they're very, very related apart from the neuro, uh, neuro, <laughs> Jesus, apart from the neuro, uh, neuro, holy crap, apart from the neurological disorders is what I'm trying to say. Not even sure if I could piece that together through an edit. Uh, so like I said, everybody, this movie is covering a, a very serious neurological disorder, which is catatonia. In other words, the state of being catatonic. If you've seen any movie that takes place like in a mental ward or a hospital setting in a lot of movies, you've probably seen a catatonic patient depicted on film before. Uh, you can picture it probably in your mind. Somebody is very stiff and rigid. Uh, they almost seem like they're dead, but they're, but they're awake because their eyes are kind of wide open or their mouth's agape, their arms are outstretched, and they're stuck essentially in this just very wooden position. And it could be for a year, it could be for decades in some cases. So it is quite literally a living hell, I think, to 
anybody that would be suffering from this or continuing to suffer from this today. Uh, it's a really, really terrible, terrible disease, uh, terrible sickness that that some people experience. And certainly in this movie, I think it doesn't shy away from that harsh reality of what it would be like to do this. And if you really think about it, like you put yourself in the shoes of of catatonia, like if you yourself were catatonic, like can you imagine that? Like what, is, what like what quality of life do do you really have? I, I mean, do you have any quality of life? And even scarier point to think about is, are you aware of what's going on in your mind while you're catatonic? And, and that's a question that the movie um, speculates on as well is, are they actually aware of like their surroundings and the fact that they are stuck and like they hear everything, they see everything, but they just quite literally are stuck and cannot do anything. Um, Max von Sydow, he, he's in the movie briefly and he, and he says at one point that that's unthinkable, that they don't even entertain that. Um, that they could have a, re- a a sense of what's going on because it's just the the reality of that is too much to comprehend, and, and that's I think where Robin Williams' character um, Malcolm Sayre starts to take a real interest, and he starts to think that well, what if you're wrong? Like, what if these people really are aware of what's going on, and they are just quite literally medically stuck and can't do anything? Like, this is this is horrible. We need to try to figure this out. Um, so some of the symptoms that that go with this, it's it's pretty crazy. I talked about the lack of movement in many cases, so that's that's certainly one that you see. Um, there's a catalepsy, I think is what it's called, where you're just stuck in a fixed position. Which that one always that one's always really interesting to me, especially like if it's like somebody's like you know arm is up in the air or their leg is outstretched and they're just constantly like that. <clears throat> like, doesn't that like, how do they hold it? Does their body just lock in the place? Like, they, they, they don't get sore muscles? I mean, really think about this, everybody. Like, if I asked you right now to just stick your arm up in the air and keep it there for 30 minutes, would you be able to do that? Just hold it there the whole time. Maybe you would be able to do it, but how about for a month? You want to keep your arm up there for a month? Like, what happens to the muscles in the body when, when somebody is forced to do that? Um through being like this. I, I I can't even, I can't comprehend that. Uh, the movie, I don't think talks about that, uh, at least not that I can remember, but that's just an interesting thing to think about is just being stuck like that. Like, holy crap. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's also, of course, no speaking. Most of the time, the, these people are apart from being physically stuck. Uh, they are mentally stuck as well. And they just, they quite literally can't talk. Um, sometimes they can have uncontrollable twitches, uh, in the muscles, spasms and things like that. Uh, but I think by far the, the symptom that is to me, the scariest is the fact that you could in fact be having full mental comprehension, but you're just not able to physically or, uh, mentally express it with words. And that to me, I think seems like the biggest nightmare of being catatonic. So it's just, it's just crazy, just crazy. And as far as like a quality of life in this movie, uh, this hospital that it takes place at in the Bronx is called the Garden. At least that's what the people call it there, because quite literally the patients there are fed, watered, and kept clean, essentially like a plant. These these people are like plants, though I'd say they're probably not really basking in the sunshine and, and blossoming. Uh, I think they're probably crying inside or God knows what else, because again, this is just, it's a terrible, terrible illness that is portrayed in this movie. And it's just, it's freaking terrible to see. Uh, But I got to talk about the performances in this movie and just kind of talk about some more of the nuances that I think this movie conjures up in my mind. Um, 
first got to talk about Robin Williams in this movie. I feel like when people are looking back on Robin Williams filmography and they, they think of his other dramatic roles um, outside of his comedic ones, they might think of like dead poet society or uh, maybe even Goodwill Hunting, of course, um, The Fisher King in some cases, though some would say that there's comedic elements in that as well. Uh, but I feel like Awakenings is kind of left out of the dramatic Robin Williams performances conversation. Uh, and I'm not sure why, because I would say in this, his challenge to me is that he's kind of having to um, push away some of these standard personality tropes that we see typically with Robin Williams, where he's very loud, uh, he's very animated, very quick and and improv, and, and, and he's doing everything that he does. Whereas in this movie, he is a very subdued character. I mean, he's he's very introverted. He's, he's actually quite shy. At one point, I think he actually makes a crack saying that uh, he worked with like worms for like the better part of like the last few years of his uh, medical practices, and that he hasn't really worked with patients, and he's not used to people. Um, his character is also like soft spoken, I would say, and, uh, just somebody that's not what you think of when you think of Robin Williams necessarily, though. I would say this about Robin Williams. If you go back through and you look through his filmography, uh, especially the dramatic roles, I would say if, even when he's playing against type, there's always this, this tenderness, this kind decent uh decency that his characters portray when he is playing in some of these dramatic worlds i feel like that's one of the things that made him be so um made just made him stand out i feel like as a dramatic performer is when he would put that heart so abundantly up there on the screen combined with his dramatic chops uh that that he certainly has as an actor and i, I just feel like in awakenings he's He's really just firing on all cylinders, dramatically speaking. I mean, I think this is definitely one of his best movies just as a whole. When we're talking about Robin Williams and you're just looking back on his dramatic work, don't forget Awakenings. Seriously, don't forget Awakenings. I really think that he turned in a special performance for this, and I, and I really, really liked it. And, and for that matter, too, I, I know that he spent time with the real Oliver Sacks uh, before making this movie, and... I just think that his character, and it seems like Oliver Sacks for that matter, was just a really kind uh, and decent person. And isn't that interesting when you think about that word decent? Like, what, what the heck does that mean when someone says that's a really decent person? What the heck does that mean? So I, I'm typing that in right now. Uh, so if I type in decent, Google's telling me that it's conforming with generally accepted standards of respectable or moral behavior. Uh, an example would be the good name of such a decent, uh, decent and innocent person. Okay. Maybe I better type in decent person meaning. De decent person meaning. Uh, let's see. So the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it says that a decent person is marked by moral integrity, kindness, and goodwill, and that they typically are hardworking. So yeah, you know, I, I would say that Robin Williams in this movie, he is certainly decent as well as uh, Oliver Sacks, the real guy. He seemed like a really decent human being. So got to love the decent human beings out there. Not sure if they get enough credit, frankly. So again, Robin Williams, fantastic in this movie. I just really think he's firing on all cylinders. So definitely check out this movie, if nothing else, just to watch his performance. Um, and speaking of performances to watch in this, I got to talk about Bobby D. Got to talk about Robert De Niro. So... Robert De Niro is no stranger to 
just powerhouse performances. I mean, especially back in his prime, and and I would argue during this time in his life, that is certainly prime De Niro. Uh, De Niro is one of the greatest actors that's ever lived. I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I would also argue the same for Robin Williams for that matter, though certainly in a different respect to Robert De Niro, but De, De Niro is is crazy in this movie. I mean, like he is just transcendent, like just awesome, awesome in this movie. I know that he was nominated for an Academy Award for this movie, though I don't think he won. I actually should look that up right now. Who won the best actor oscar um in 1990 let me let me take a look so, somebody out there knows this as i'm looking for this but let me see um 1990 oscar uh nominees nominations here we go all right go on the taking a look at this all right so wait a minute now this can't be right because i, I put this in that's showing robin williams for dead poets society but huh that's interesting. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm figuring this out as I go right now. Um, maybe it's nine. Is it 1989? Is that actually? Yeah. Well, no. Uh, ni- 1991. It would be 1991 because the movie came out in. Uh, what am I trying to say? The movie came out in 1990, December 1990. So this would probably be more correct. Okay, here we go. So actor in a leading role in 1991. You had Jeremy Irons for Reversal of Fortune. I, I'll be honest, I've never heard of that movie. Uh, Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves. Definitely know that one. Robert De Niro for Awakenings. Gerard Depardieu. I'm sorry, probably not saying your name right. For Siriano de Bergerac. I, I'm an idiot. And Richard Harris for a movie called The Field. And it looks like Jeremy Irons was the winner that year for Reversal of Fortune. Hmm. Haven't seen these other performances, but you know, at that point too, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, just getting a nomination is enough. Also, interestingly enough, this year, I, I guess I didn't realize this. I, I didn't realize that the release of Awakenings was so close with Goodfellas because 1991 was also the year that good that Goodfellas actor Joe Pesci took home the actor in a supporting role Oscar. And, and, and just real real quick on the on the Oscar for this year. Uh, his speech, (laughs) big quotations on speech. It's gotta be one of my favorites in Oscar history. What a humble dude to just get up there. And I think he quite literally just says, thank you and walks off. And the Oscar goes to Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. It's my privilege. Thank you. Amazing. Just amazing stuff. Pesci, you're the GOAT. You're a legend. Love you. All right. Got to continue talking about De Niro. Looking back on De Niro and and thinking about why his performance in this really stands the test of time and why it's so great is a few reasons. I think, one, I never felt like at any point in this movie that his character, uh, Leonard Lowe, was a victim. Uh, he plays him with grace, with tremendous courage and, and bravery. 
um, and real vulnerability as well. I mean, like he, De Niro has to go to some places in this that I would challenge any actor today to to pull off as well and do it as convincingly as he did in this movie. I mean, he he really did his homework for this one. Um, pretty sure, like on the little behind the scenes I've seen for this movie, he worked with a lot of people that had you know, either had severe or mild catatonic issues and studied them. Pretty sure he spoke with medical professional, uh, professional, uh, holy crap. Pretty sure he spoke with a lot of medical professionals on this subject to really do his homework to make sure that he was not doing a caricature of somebody that has this, not doing it so over the top that it's not believable, but still keeping it real and grounded. And, and I definitely feel like he, he just nails it with this movie. Um, I'm going to also say the same thing for De Niro. Guy's got a lot of great movies in his canon, for sure. Uh, but let's not forget about this one. Um, he is freaking phenomenal. Phenomenal in this movie. I'll also say, too, in this movie, he has some scenes that are really difficult to watch. Um, not just from like an uncomfortable standpoint of, like, you know, just this looks really painful to live through. Um, but his character really has to be in some really dark emotional places, I think, for this movie. And it's not easy to watch, but should watching catatonic people be an easy watch? Should like, should that be easy breezy? Never. I've never understood that. Let me talk about this for a second. I've never understood when someone dislikes a movie or they say they dislike a movie because of them saying that it made them emotionally uncomfortable or they're like this movie like really put me at an uneasy state and it just made me deeply uncomfortable but like let's look at the subject matter right i mean this is real this is real shit we're talking about here this isn't this isn't fake people are suffering from this like how, how do you want it how do you want it to be? Like you want it to be portrayed as a comedy? Like you want it to be like entertaining, put some special effects as they're laying in bed being stiff? I don't know. And I just I just kind of uh I put some pause when I hear that statement because it's like a movie like this it's it's not meant to truly be entertaining. It's it's meant to evoke something out of you. It's meant to make you think. Uh meant to make you have a reaction. And certainly one that's going to be resonant with you and make you think about what these people's lives must be like. So I don't know, just next time that you're watching a movie and maybe you have a reaction to it that makes you uncomfortable, maybe that's okay, right? Like it's okay to feel these types of feelings when we're watching subject matter like this. That's, that's kind of the point. So anyways, I don't know why I felt the need to ramble about that, but whatever I did. Um, I just think De Niro played this part. He, he just gave it a lot of truth. There's a lot of truth in his performance. And I really felt like he did, um, people that suffer from this. I think he did it justice. That was something else too. I, I, I didn't think from this movie being as old as it is that it's one where, Oh, like this is a really like, <clears throat> this is a very like, like over the top performance for somebody that has this. I, I didn't get that vibe. Like I, I felt like it was pretty true from what I can tell. Not that I know Jack about people with catatonia other than some YouTube videos I've watched and the research for this episode. Um, but it seems authentic. It doesn't seem like he's doing a disservice to anybody that has that. So that's nice to see. Um, he's got some real emotional powerhouse scenes in this movie for me. Uh, ones that equally melt the heart while also leaving you just in shambles pain wise. 
Um, melt the heart scenes in this that really stand out. This is uh, going to be some spoilers if you haven't seen this movie at this point. So uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. When he starts receiving the L-Dopa treatment and it eventually starts working and working well, he's able to see his mom truly for the first time probably since he's been a young kid. And, and that scene just... I mean, makes you really get a lump in your throat because the mom is is so shocked to be able to see her son standing and, and moving and being able to talk. And, and he, De Niro, he plays it as just being so grateful to to be able to look at his mom and be able to give her a hug. And it's just, oh, my God, it just gets you. Uh, even talking about it right now, I'm like, I, I, I need a tissue. <laughs> it's 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 beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Just wonderful. Um, I also just like too the, the just heartfelt, happy go lucky scenes where, you know, he gets out of the hospital for like the first time in, in decades and he just gets to go for a walk and discovers, um, his senses again, almost like a child coming into the world for the first time and just figuring out what life is about. He's reawakening quite literally in the movie. Um, seeing the style of people in the late sixties and seeing like the, you know, the hippie rock and roll music, they have this great scene where he's, uh, they're, they're like in the car and the radio comes on and Robin Williams is like, this is music, Leonard. Like this is rock and roll. Not classical. You can pick any different type of music you want. What's that? It's rock and roll. That's, that seems just terrific. And I think that's, you know, ultimately like that's like the, the joy, the joyfulness in this movie comes from those scenes is seeing somebody that has been in pain for so long. Wow. This is my cat's, this is my cat's meow. Hang on. I got, I got to let her out. Clarice, you want out? Give me a meow. Give me another meow. A powerful meow. Can you do it? Come on. Yeah, well, okay, I'll take that. Goodbye. <clears throat> All right. Where was I at? Um, so I was talking about De Niro just uh, just being really emotionally raw and, and, and just giving it his all in this movie and just us, the audience, just taking it in 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 grace and, and just feeling feeling the the happiness that his character is exuding for just experiencing the world. Um it, it's just fantastic. Now, you put those heartfelt scenes aside, then you got to get into the difficult ones, the ones where it's painful, I think, for the audience to watch because it's tragic. You are seeing, uh, at the same time, a miracle you're seeing in this movie, but you're also seeing tragedy because, spoiler, 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 um, eventually the L-Dopa starts to not have its effect that it initially had symptoms kind of start returning and it starts making it sort of a a slow moving decline to possibly going back to the way it was before the medication and and that's truthfully very difficult stuff to watch um <clears throat> i think the scenes where penny marshall really just her direction was just on point for these scenes and, and you know the combination of de niro and, and williams working together on this making these scenes be challenged to watch, but also making them be beautiful at the same time. There's a couple of scenes where De Niro has a love interest. I, I can't think of the actress's name or, or her character, um, but he has a love interest in the movie. And at one point towards the, towards the latter half of the movie, he is 
having his symptoms kind of come back. They're worsening. He's having these uncontrollable tics. And it's really difficult stuff to watch because he's trying to to convey his uh, his personality to the girl and just try to seem as normal, quote unquote, as possible. And he's clearly embarrassed about these twitches. It's awkward for a person to see somebody having these things. It's, you know, uncomfortable. And it's just truly sad because when the drugs are working, he is able to have a seemingly normal conversation and and just be happy and feel like himself uh, talking with this girl that he's interested in, uh, only then for her to see him you know, in, in horror in a way, um, reverting back to this, this state of being catatonic. And it's just, it's really difficult to watch for that scene, but De Niro just does it with such grace. Um, he, he's terrific in the movie. Uh, but I think the two scenes that really just that emotionally gut punch me the most in this movie, for sure. Um, one is when he's starting to get upset about how much he has to stay in the hospital while the drugs are working. Um, because he basically, he's trying to remind the, the doctors in there. He's like, look, I'm awake now, but he's like, I'm a person. I'm not just like an experiment to, to learn from. He's like, I'm a person and I haven't committed a crime. I haven't done anything. I just want to go and be able to take a walk. But of course the, the medical staff that watches him, they're kind of in a predicament because yes, while at this time in the movie, his, his treatment is working and he is able to be relatively, you know, again, normal, it's very risky to leave somebody like that unsupervised and just kind of let them do whatever because they could always revert back to um, their original state and, and they could be, uh, you know, they could hurt themselves, they could hurt others, you know, th- this whole this whole thing. Um, but you really feel the pain and anger, also, the, especially the anger, I think, because, again, just putting yourself into the shoes of somebody that's catatonic if you have been lying in a bed, miserable, basically being watered in this place called the garden, and you suddenly get the ability to wake up out of this this terrible period in your life, and you're able to feel the gift of life, and you're denied it because you know they claim it's for your medical safety. I mean, how could you not be upset? I mean, I, I totally get it. Um, so I think there's there's this scene I was saying that kind of gut punches me where he just is like, screw you guys. I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going. I, I don't care. I don't care what you're going to do to me. You can try to tackle me for all I care. I haven't done shit. I'm going to take a walk. Um, that one's particularly tough to watch. Just, just It breaks your heart. just breaks your heart, and it really, really sucks. Um, cause I think a part of you actually like roots for him. You're just like, like, yeah, screw them. Screw the man, you know, like go, go for a walk. You haven't done shit. But then at the same time, it's like, man, like you, you get it. Like it's, it's working right now, but that doesn't mean it's going to work all the time. So it's just, it's, it's, it's harsh. It's harsh, but that's, that's the reality of this movie. That's the reality of people that live with this. It's, it's harsh and it's terrible. It's just terrible, terrible, terrible. But of all the scenes that gut punch me the most, in this movie, I think by far and none, it is the scene where De Niro's character is really starting to relapse off the, the, the treatment drugs and he starts having an uncontrollable seizure, basically. And Robin Williams' character, the doctor, he's there witnessing this. And of course, his first instinct is I have to get the seizure under control. I have to stop it. I need to help him. But then De Niro. It, it, my God, it's just, it breaks your heart. He is 
he is telling him, he's like, no, he's like, you, you keep the camera rolling because, uh, Williams character has been studying this, not just through his notes and everything, but he's trying to take film uh, and footage of these people so that they can, he can study it. And it's, it's horrifying. Cause he's, he's going through this painful seizure, but he's also telling him, he's like, no, he's like, get, get this all on camera. And, and he's like pleading with him. He's like, learn, learn from this. Um, it's like, seriously like one of the most emotionally impactful scenes i think in this movie uh and certainly you can make the case in a lot of other movies um that are dealing with really sensitive real medical subject matter like this it's just that that scene holy crap um yeah that that one's tough there there's no no two ways about it but it's handled with class and again just grace by the performers in the direction of, of penny marshall in the in the scene it's just it's crazy you know something else that comes to mind for this movie at least for me is the again just sort of two sides of the coin that this movie's presenting you have half of it being a sense of real rejuvenation and joy and appreciation for for life um, there's a scene that also stands out for me in this movie and I'll, I'll put in the, I'll put in the clip of it here so you can hear it. Cause even if you haven't seen the movie, like it, the scene speaks loudly and I think it actually still holds true to today. And that's a lot of people take, take things for granted, frankly, in their lives. And, and I'm sure I, I do it too. Uh, as I said, I'm not Superman. I, I said it at the beginning of this episode, I'm not. Um, but there's things that you take for granted, you know, you get stuck in traffic, uh, you get all mad at that. There's a coworker that's pissing you off at work. There's a project that's frustrating for you to do. Uh, you ate a bad meal. I mean, you, you think about all these things that, that you get pissed off about or you get upset about. But put that in comparison to somebody that has to be catatonic, right? Now, I realize this is like an extreme comparison, but there's some truth in that, I think. It's, you know, your reality can always be worse. There's somebody out there that has it worse than you. And I think that's certainly one of the messages and and themes of this movie that really drives home for me and, and it speaks to me is that we need to be better at appreciating what life is truly about. Now, there's people that talk about like, you know, what does life mean? I mean, we could expound on that and go down the philosophical road all day on that all day, every day, but I won't. But when it comes to like what life's all about, I mean, this movie really breaks it down beautifully and, and, and it holds up and it stays true to today. Um, the movie tries to make the case that, you know, life is about connecting with people. It's about experiencing life's pleasures, just experiencing a breeze that comes across your face, experiencing the sun, being able to have the freedom to just walk around and do what you want is to see the world, uh, to experience things and being denied that as, as these patients are in this movie, it really does make you reflect and look back on your own your own life experience and, and just think like, man, have I, have I been taking things for granted? Like, like, what am I doing? Like, good Lord, I, I got to kind of reassess my priorities here because, uh, I have a much better life. I, I, I have a, a life that is, is worth living. And I really like the, I really like the scene that I, that I'm kind of centralizing this thought around, which is the scene where De Niro, He's like, I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you, doctor. He's like, uh, he's, he, he literally cannot wait because, <laughs> I mean, he's been waiting uh, for decades to be able to say what he has to say. And he's trying to just tell, 
tell the world around him that he's like, you guys are all missing the big picture. Like, you know, you look in the newspaper, it's all bad. It's all bad. That's what he says. And you, know, you, tr- you apply that to today. How much has changed? Has it even changed that much? I mean, you swap out newspaper for YouTube or, or any other news outlet out there that just pumps out all the bad that is happening in the world. Um, now, granted, I know there's good news that does get reported, but let's face it, it's just not near as interesting for a lot of people or impactful as the bad news. But still, the overfocusing of it is a problem, I think, still to this day. And yeah, it's just it's something that I think this movie was a good reminder for me at the time that I watched it that I need to not let that type of thing enter my my conscious, uh, my 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 subconscious. I, I I can't let it do that. Leonard. Leonard. Dr. Sayer. Sit down. Sit down. Why? What's wrong? We've got to tell everybody. We've got to remind them. We've got to remind them how good it is. How good what is, Leonard? Read the newspaper. What does it say? All bad. It's all bad. People have forgotten what life is all about. They've forgotten what it is to be alive. They need to be reminded. They need to be reminded about what they have and what they can lose. And what I feel is the joy of life, the gift of life, the freedom of life, the wonderment of life. Wait, he kept saying that people don't appreciate the simple things. Work, play, friendship, family. He was so excited, he talked till 5 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I don't know whether this is liberation, mania, or love. Yes, what he's saying is absolutely right, though. We don't really know how to live. I also think, too, when when looking back on this movie, it just makes you think about how the good periods that you do have in life, no matter how infinite they may seem, they will not last. Uh, that That's a harsh reality to accept, but the good times don't last, just as the bad times don't, too. Um, they go hand in hand, and I think this movie just serves as a reminder to me and, and anybody else that's seen it and has appreciated this movie over the years that life is truly short. It is precious. You know, it's a miracle that we have the days that we do have and we should not, we shouldn't sit around and, and, and not take advantage of what we have in front of us. We, you know, we really need to seize life and, and, and live it to the fullest that we can for however that is for you, you know, cause my, my extent of what I consider to be a full life might not be the same as yours, but we really should, um, just make the most of life. Cause this, cause this movie is a, a painful and beautiful reminder of how precious life is, but also how quickly it can be taken away from you if we are not careful about it and are not watching out for other people as well. Um, this movie just really hit hit home for me on this. It just it really did. It was it was strong, strong, strong thing to watch. Um, <clears throat> also, too, something else in this movie on the you know on this flip side of the coin. You know, I talked about there's this there's this side of it where it's talking about the beauty of life, the joys of life, but then also the dread and and fear and, and just stark reality that comes with some of this stuff. Um, one thing that was kind of painful for me to realize in this movie for the patients in this is when they do come awake while they are, uh, quite happy, of course, some of them haven't looked at themselves in a mirror with comprehension for years. And they look back and they see somebody that's 20 years older or 30 years older or more. And, 
I don't know. There's a real shock, I think, that goes through them when they see this. But then also there's a there's a sense of acceptance as well because you can't change you can't change it you can't change time um that's the one thing that's constant it's uh i think rocky says it in one of the the rocky balboa movies is like you know time is it's, it's undefeated you know it's uh it's, it's never lost I, apparently i'm sylvester stallone <laughs> okay um but yeah it's just uh yeah, it's tough. It's tough to to think about that, but I think this movie just it's true. Uh while life is precious and there are things that we shouldn't take for granted for it, life is also fragile. It is fleeting. It, it is something that is ever changing and it's not going to last always. The 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 good times just won't last. Um so that doesn't mean like, you know, that we should like be just, you know, being overly impulsive and just being like the hell with it. I could die tomorrow. Let me just, you know, do a bunch of reckless things because life is so short. I'm not saying that, but definitely think that we all could stand to take a step back from our own selves sometimes and realize that your life can be a hell of a lot worse. And also realize for the people that are having lives that are worse than yours, they need help, Right. I think that's that's probably the last thing I'll say about this, and, and then we'll start to wrap this up. Um, people people need help, man. Like, like we we can't we can't get through life all on our own. Um, you know, even like this podcast, this isn't something I can do on my own. I realize I I do a lot of it on my own. I mean, I do the recording and I and I do all the things, but it doesn't matter unless I have the audience, right? It doesn't matter unless I have someone to connect to, which is you. Our lives are precious. We need to make the most of it. And for those that aren't able to seize life and live it, we need to try to be there for them too and help comfort them and help make life be what it can be for them and just take stock in our own lives from time to time. Because honestly, everybody, it moves so fast, it moves so fast. Um, like it's hard to believe like right now, like I'm recording this on July 1st, it's July, it's July, like, holy crap. It's, uh, you know, just last couple of months that seemed like a second ago and now, now it's already July, but that's just how it goes. Um, I don't think I have anything else I want to say about this movie other than just my glowing regard for it. I think it's a good one to watch. I feel like this is a movie that kind of flies under the radar for people, um, especially people that are really familiar with both Robin Williams and De Niro. This is a really good movie. Um, I think it still holds up. I think there's some good messages in it. And while there is a lot of beauty and heart to this movie, there's also harsh reality, but it's it's impactful. And I, I would really like it if you guys would check out this movie. I mean, seriously, give this movie a chance. I, I don't know where it's streaming at. I, I'm, I'm sure you could probably find it on an Amazon or something like that. And I know the physical copies of this are actually a little bit harder to come by. So if you happen to find a physical copy of this movie, I would I would definitely pick it up. Because um, this is definitely just a, a really good movie. It's not something that I would want to rewatch all the time. But I guess for whatever reason, I just need to watch this movie right now and kind of just take stock in things and, and put this message out to everybody, which is just make the most of life and, and live it because it can be taken away like that. All right, everybody. Well, that's gonna, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. I, I realize, you know, this might not be the most timely at time to put out an episode like this. It's the, you know, nearing the 4th of July. 
Uh, you got summertime, the sunshine, happiness, and and here I am talking about a dramatic medical movie that has emotional performances. But hey, it's not like they stop being sick in the summertime either. So th- this stuff is what it is, as they say. But Anyways, I hope you enjoyed listening to my thoughts about this movie. Um, Would love to know what you think about this movie as well. Have you seen the movie? Have you heard of the movie? In any case, let me know in the comments on this podcast, uh, or you can always follow the social media of ScreenSpeak and let me know there. Reach out by email. Whichever way works best for you all, I would seriously appreciate that. Um, Very final thing I'll say, everybody, is just take care of each other. Um, Be safe out there. Have a terrific 4th of July for those of my audience that are here in America and for those everywhere else. Just, I hope you're having a great summer and I hope that ScreenSpeak continues to bring joy into your life and helps you to appreciate the world of movies that we live in right now and just these these great performances that these people put out. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's all I got to say about that. So you all take care. More content is coming. Keep coming back for more. And just just have a great rest of your day.